Yo, yo, welcome back to another episode of Island Spot Sports. And before we get to our guest today, we have a big shout out for, for Living Sisu. Living Sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport. Their main objective is to activate your lifestyle. So for active, it's for active people, enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off, BodyLogics, the Goalie Guild, all his books are discounted, Roan, Lululemon for men, 20% off, online stretching programs with Eccentrics, one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun. And it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm a part of it. A bunch of other athletes are a part of it. So it's free to join. It takes 20 seconds to have to get exclusive offers to your sport. And it's definitely worth worth it. So do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living Sisu's membership. It's free, twenty takes twenty seconds. So go do it, and we'll see you there. Living Sisu is a great company. We uh we know one of the co-founders, Zach Fricali. He's a great guy. He uh he's the co-founder. He does a lot of live streams on Instagram at uh, at Living Sisu. And with a bunch of elite athletes and you learn a lot from like the athletes determination the resiliency everything to what me made them become successful so it's been a great experience so far so go on i'm gonna leave uh the link in the description so uh go sign up yo welcome back to another episode of on spot sports i'm jack and i'm alongside my co-host tyler is finally joining us back, but uh, to start things off, Tyler, how have you been since uh, you haven't been on the show in a while? Doing good. Um, life's life's going full circle for sure, but I'm glad to be on the show once more. It's been a long time. You're right, and um, yeah, well, let's let's get this thing going, man. Yeah, absolutely. We got we got two beauties on on the show tonight. We got Joey Leeds and Mike Pista. Coach, Coach Mikey, and and uh, college puck player for Aurora University, Joey Leeds. How are we doing, boys? Doing all right. I'm doing fine as well. Mike, it's about time you join us for a show. <laughs> right. It only only took us like two years to get you on. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. But uh, boys, how's uh? Or let's let's start with Joe. How uh? How was college puck this season? ACHA uh, guy. Um, it was good. It was good. Good. We had a good year this year, but we had a lot of the cancellations due to like COVID protocol and all that other crap. So, but our season went well, the boys fought hard, but we ended up losing. Didn't make it. We didn't have a good, um, we were coming close and obviously things took a turn with our season. So, you know, things ended the way we didn't want them, but the boys battled hard all season long. You guys were nasty ranked before right i i did i did see that yeah right. 20 uh last year we were ranked 12th in the nation uh went to natty's in north dakota it was a fun experience you know and uh yeah the boys had a good time in north dakota it was good and but we wish we would have made it to farther this year but obviously things didn't go the way we envisioned them but we're looking to bounce back next year with all the guys that we got and hopefully everybody comes ready to play by the start of the season i think the boys will be ready 
Yeah, absolutely. How many how many goals do you have, or how many uh, how many apples, how many Genos? Like, what what's your points been like? I've had decent if you, points. If you have you know, any, if you have any, I have uh, decent points this year. Had uh, more goals than I did last year, so had a lot of decent points this year. Yeah, so at, at least you scored some, and uh, but but yeah. you're not, your video is like half half cut off. You complain oh, about oh sorry. Picks. You complain about the pictures last time, and now you're you're not even in the video. So <laughs> oh my bad. On? Yeah, I was. I didn't mean to hold the phone. Yeah, but. I had a lot more goals this year than I did last year. So, you know, everything is going, I actually had a better year this year than I did last year. So why, why do you have a better year this year than last year? Why do you think? Um, well, last year coming in as a new guy, you know, you had to get used to, to everything and um, get used to the systems, get used to the guys you're playing with. You know, we had a lot of talented guys on our team and, you know, this year I had to feed off of that and then, get ready over the summer for the season that just passed. And that was pretty much it. Big, big learning experiences for you, I guess. Yeah. It's always been a, it's always been a achievement of mine to play college puck. Michael knows that. Um, yeah. It was just a big achievement of mine to get, to, to get to do and cross off my bucket list one day when I, when I out in the real world saying, Hey, I got to do this. Yeah, that's always uh you always got to have those goals and then, Go out, do whatever yeah. you can to achieve them, and you're going in year yeah. year three of college puck this coming season, right? Yeah, three. Hopefully, do, hopefully do four with my if I uh, hopefully do another year after next year or so. What are you most looking forward to next year? Uh, just having a better year next year. You know, improving on more things, and then carry it over into next. Excuse me, carry it over into next season. Yeah, absolutely, Cla classic uh, cookie cutter. Uh, talk right there but it was yeah. oh, always got to prepare for next season just get that a little bit better than the year before yeah Mike's Mike's actually caught a few games this year he's seen all the skill level that I have so Mike's how how, how has that skill like been on honestly like how's how's that been <laughs> translated translated on the ice uh Joe Joe is one of those players that he just never stops working and I think that's the best thing is He's always working his ass off, working his tail off. And the, the kid wants to do whatever he does or that he can to win. And I think you need those people on your team that yeah. not only want to win, but not only want to do the work to win. And uh, I think that's really cool. Joe's, Joe's one of those people that he just works, 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 and he just wants to win. And you need yeah. those people on your team. Exactly. You're not you're not yeah. gonna win if you just yeah. don't have those people. If they're not willing to work, you're you're not gonna win. Yeah, exactly. and that's a true fact. And I agree with Michael 100. percent You know, I've been trying to do that for many years. You know, I've dealt with crazy stuff in the past. You know, but I've tried to improve myself over the years. And and we had a bunch of good games, and it carried over over the years. And then we had a bunch of good games this year. You know, we had a couple games that were. Uh, how do you say it? Uh, oh, fudge. I forgot. It was, uh, oh, that's how you say it. it. We had a couple games that were ones for the ages. Oh, my. We had a bunch of good games. One was for the ages. You know, at the begin at, at the end of January, we had a, we had a, um, sorry, my thing's cutting out here. We had a game for the ages against Illinois State. You know, you had a bunch of legendary names on both teams. You know, it was one for the ages of who the guys who played in that game. How'd that game end up? 
Well, it went well. It was a good weekend, you know. Guys get to play against each other, you know, for maybe the first or last time in college. You know, Illinois State took the first game, and then we took ended up taking the second game. But you had a bunch of legendary names playing in that game. Yeah, absolutely. But those those are the best kind of games when you do have those big names and you're just the boys, yeah. every every guy's out there just grind and just trying to help their team get the win because yeah. no better feeling than winning. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, do you have any ACHA stories? Like you always hear of those guys where it's like, yeah, like my bus broke down like five times on this one road trip, like any stories like that? No, we never had any bus breakdowns or nothing, but nothing like that. Never any bus breakdowns or stuff like that. Uh, at least nothing bad happened, but uh, no. there's a, a, always going to have those memories uh, stand out for sure, though, in the, in the yeah. ACHA. But uh, yeah. Mike, Mike, you're the you're the coach here. Like you're you've ever, you've already been giving out like coach answers here. So like, how's how's coaching been? So so far so good. I mean, it was my first year. Um, I think just learning a lot from my head coach uh, was probably the best thing. Was just I actually played for him, so that was the funniest thing. And uh, he called me up one day, just talking to me, saying, "Hey, we might need uh, an assistant coach. Would you be interested?" And at first, I, I kind of was like a little hesitant because I actually played uh, a men's league game with Joe, which the funniest thing is you were in goal during that game. Uh, and, I, I uh, remember this game. We got the <laughs> all of a sudden, we got a two-on-one, on me and Joe. This guy just lays me out like in the men's league game. We're like, dude, what is going on? Uh, he, he like clipped you kind of bad. And I come back to the bench, and everyone's like, "Dude, are you all right?" And I go, "No, my my wrist is killing me." I'm like, dude, oh, yeah, okay, I, I just remember, I remember. This take one. some time off. You're gonna be all right. And all of a sudden, yeah, we had great goaltending that night by Jeff. Yeah, it was a, yeah, that was a that was a good game. This guy looks over at me. He goes, "Dude, you don't have to play the rest of the game." I go, "I'm gonna get off the ice." All of a sudden, I start taking off my gear. I go home, and. Uh, my parents are like, dude, you got to go to the emergency room. You're, you're rich and not be hearing you that much. I go to the emergency room. I actually broke uh, my wrist that I've already broken when I was like, I was younger. And I also tore a ligament in my pinky. Oh. Oh, so I was in it. I was in the cast for a while, kind of got recuperated, uh, got some scars, but uh, got to do what you got to do. And Wow. I, I remember you getting laid out and then you, you had to leave the, uh, leave the ice early, yeah, but uh, I don't think anyone knew it was that bad until you oh, actually yeah. had the cast come on. Yeah. Yeah. But men's leagues uh, is a different breed out there. There's so much yeah. stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you're like, what the heck? Yeah. What, what's been, you know, I don't, what's been your guys like men's league stories in the past? Cause like, we all played this summer, like the three of us played this summer. So I don't think Mike had played this past summer. I think that was like in the winter. Time was that, that last was that year. actually was that like almost two years ago when I played with you? When I no, played that was last. That was like that was like last January, dude. Uh, <laughs> like a month and a half, or a year and a half, whatever. Yeah. But do you guys you guys play? Or Joe, you play in the summer, right? When yeah, I get out there, has, you know. 
Rip, ripping, well. it out, ripping it out, ripping it at Addison Ice Arena, right? Ripping it out with my cousin. So, you know, get to play with him a little bit, you know, but because we were like a, um, three, four years apart. So it's finally, it was about time we got to play with each other. So, yeah, was there, was there any big fights that happened? Cause like, you know, you know, beer leagues, this something oh, yeah. bound to happen. There was a bunch of, I've gone to a couple after. I've gotten to a couple. My cousin's gotten to a couple, you know. Let, let, let's hear these a, stories. We're, let's hear these so, stories. Go just explain them. This was a couple games. This was like the, the season going into summer now. This was like after you guys subbed. And, you know, we're playing this one team. I forgot who they were called. We were playing this one team. And a buddy of mine, uh, one of my buddies, was playing in net for the other team because they needed a goalie. So he subbed for them. And I found out after the game he was playing. So a move on this one guy and he kind of hacks me hack and just fucking slew foots me and then he starts shoving me and I just lost it and just started jabbing at him I like put him in a headlock and just start jabbing away and the ref comes and grabs me over starts trailing him off me and the ref's like you're gone I'm like for what I'm like you're gonna throw me out for something that I didn't even start and then he's like yeah so I tell the ref go have another donut I leave the ice about to get out to the about to go get into the locker room. I just slammed the door because I was so pissed. Turn on the showers. I said, "Forget it." Yeah, those those are generally how how they go. But I I, I started a scrum yesterday in my my semifinal game because I mean it was it was, it was pretty. It was Look pretty, at this big like, guy. Eh? It was it was dumb. Like I've I've started scrums before. Like why why not? Like it was five five. We're we're up five nothing at one point. Let's let's just be clear here. We're and we uh surrendered five straight. Fourth goal, BS guy kicks it in clear clear as day, like pucks in the air. He literally picks up his skate, kicks it in, kicking motion and everything. Goal. So I'm like, what? I'm like, ref, this is gonna cost us the game. Like, this is like this is this is stupid. Like. Yeah, all these clearly, beer league refs are there for their yeah. paycheck. They don't give a he shit. He clearly kicks it in. And I, I even talked to the guy after me. He was like, yeah, like that. I, I didn't mean to kick it like that. So I was like, are you serious? And then a minute goes by. They they score tied up on on like a puck in the crease. So then uh, with like 30 seconds left, like I cover the puck. This one kid, probably like 18, 19 in high school, comes in, poke checks, tries to poke check the puck from my blocker after the whistle. So I, I get up, give him a few, give him like two or three blocker, blocker shots. And then uh, one of my teammates comes behind him, cross checks that guy, a guy from the other team cross checks my other, my other teammate. And then it just, it's just a, it's just a full on melee after that. And like four, like pretty much everyone on the ice was involved in it except the other goalie. So this is, it all started because of me, because of, or technically because of him, because he poked me at, and I was already pissed about that fourth goal. But that's, that's how it goes usually. But then, but then we ended up getting the win in the shootout playoff, playoff shootout. I don't know why we do that in men's league, but whatever. I'd rather play overtime. But I was perfect. I was a perfect two for two in the shootout at that time. So I was like, you know what? We got the W. That's all that really matters. And we move on to the championship. 
are you guys playing in the championship? Uh, it's like between like some team called like the Coyotes and Medicine Hat. They have to play tomorrow to figure okay. that out. But uh, we uh, I'm expecting to win a championship. Like, I'm nothing's gonna stop me from winning one. Yeah, let's talk about this now. Yeah, I, I, Jack, I see you're a huge uh, Wolves guy, eh? I see you hosting every game, you know, big guy always there. Oh, yeah. There's a flag in his background. There is a flag right right there. Right there, yeah. What, what do you want to talk about? How about yeah, them Wolves, see- though? Dude, this what? season, they're blowing past everybody. They are blowing past everybody. I, I hope so. Another like Calder I, Cup championship. I think. I, mean, I think if this is the year, I think this is the year they're going to do it. They have, they have like obviously the offense to do it. They have solid, veteran style defense, uh, great goaltending in Alex Lyon, Jack Lafontaine, Peter Kochikov, and I think they have every every tool to do it. And they actually picked up Richard Ponick today, former Blackhawk, for. Mm-hmm for the team along with some like two other guys so i think this is the this is the year they're winning it and actually i just looked up the chicago wolves have 39 wins 11 losses in 60 games that's a good record record. they are wagon right now they are moving and the only team that's close to the league It looks like it's the the Utica Comets. Actually, now this is another story. Did you guys ever see the – it was an article written out by – it actually wasn't an article. It was a – excuse me. It was a interview with Thatcher Demko about how – I did not hear this. Okay, so he was – a goalie for the Utica Comets. He's actually a goalie right now for the Vancouver Canucks, having a great season. During the time when he was a Utica Comet, he lived in Utica, and he was actually robbed at gunpoint in his own house. And the funniest thing is the guy who was robbing him only took his Xbox, ran out the door, and he ran after him in his piece. And he's running after him going, dude, all you have to do is just drop. And he just pulls out a gun. And Thatcher goes, okay, hold on. Like, dude, it's only my Xbox. Like, this isn't like, he goes, don't say anything and just runs off. I think it was a really cool interview. I got to find out who it was with. You got to send it our way when when you find it. I will. I will. Here, I'll look at it right now, actually. Uh, That's interesting. But the... I, I remember when Thatcher played with Utica and that, that team was good too. I think they made it to, I think they may have kicked, kicked the Wolves out of the, either the conference final or, yeah, I'm pretty sure they're in, in our conference at the time. So I'm pretty sure they knocked us out in 2014 when Jordan Bennington was our goalie, I think, for the Wolves. Oof. Yeah, whatever happened, what pissed me off is, how do you go from being affiliated with Vegas, which is a very, which was a very good team at the time, and now you go to the Carolina Hurricanes? Like, h- how does that come about when the Hurricanes were with uh, Charlotte? Never understood that. 
because I, I think Vegas wanted their team to be close, but the Wolves are they're, – they're, like, individual. Like, they're not – like, they're – like, Rockford, for example, is, like, bought from the Hawks. Like, the Hawks own Rockford. But the the Wolves are individual, so, like, they can move on, move around to whatever team they want. Like, I've heard that, like, their relationship with Vegas got a little stale. And then, like, Carolina came in they're looking for they weren't getting along with charlotte so they wanted to move on and then yeah, the wolves, sure. then wolves and yeah. carolina both have like the same mindset like they want to win at every level so perfect yeah, match yeah now charlotte's with florida yeah which i know that yeah cuz spencer, spencer knight plays for the checkers now so but i i also think they're affiliated with seattle with the kraken too cuz joey decord who's come who's been on the show plays for Charlotte and Seattle. Huge cracking guy over here, eh? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But they're they how they're not they're not what everyone expected Vegas to be though. They're they're on like I think they're on the bottom of the standings right now, right? They uh, are. But but the funny thing is is you got to look at the future and how many picks they have. A lot. They have they have at least I think it's twenty or thirty picks in the coming three to five years. Jeez. So what do you think that team is going to look like in three to five years? I don't think Giordano should have been their captain, and I don't think they should have picked Giordano. That team, when in the games that I've watched this season, that team is a team that wants to win because all they do is they work. Yeah. They work hard. They're, 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 they like, a they're like a Joey. They're like a Joey. They just like a Jack love too. to have Love fun. to work. And that's what I think about. Well, and I went to the Carolina Capitals game, right, uh, last tonight. Uh, I'm actually in Washington, D.C. right now. And looking at that Carolina team, they just outwork it. They With Rob Brindamore behind the bench, him as a that's, player. That's the best thing that's ever just, happened to that organization is Brandon exactly. Moore coming on. They just outwork you, and they just want it more than you. And every battle, they're going to win it. Every puck race, they're going to win it. Every battle, they're going to win it. Every shot. Rob Brendan Moore helping him cap- capture a cup in 06. That is, that is true. And Brendan Moore is like you, – you know, he, has, he has a fantastic – resume like when you look at his elite prospects and all and hockey tv whatever and he brings he brings that toughness as like from when he was playing like being like that enforcer type guy and then you bring that into uh, the carolina locker room i think that's where he gets most out of of his players because everyone respects him and everything and knows how good he was when he was playing the nhl and then like it just translates like he's a he's a hard worker like I've heard things from like that he could still like play like from like from like interviews and all that like everyone's like yeah like he could still play if he wanted to and like he'd still like really like be up there and like he gives the boys a hard time at practice but like I think like once you have that like respect factor and everything within within the organization like it's hard hard not to want not want to win for that guy and like go through a brick wall for him. Mike, I got a question for you. Yeah. After hearing all the stuff you're saying about Carolina, what do you think their expectation should be this year in the playoffs? Because 
I know they've kind of fell short the last few years with the with the young roster and and, ta- and talented roster. Yeah, and I mean they're 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 one of those teams that, like I said, they just keep working and they just wear you down. And I feel like they played the Cavs tonight and they beat them six to one. Jeez, you have the best goal scorer on your side in Alexander Ovechkin, and they held him to to nothing. And I think that's what really shows who they are is that they're just one of those teams that is just relentless and they will not let you score. They will not let you create any offense. They will just suck you in and make you make plays. And I think that's the biggest thing about hockey too, is what I've learned is if you make the opposition make plays, there's going to be a mistake somehow, some way in that. It's just like with um, Alexander Ovechkin, you know, he's always in his office, always at the tops of the circle. Nobody's able to, no team in the league was able to block his shot. Nobody. He's just wide open every time. Every game I've watched Ovechkin play, he's always wide open on the tops of the the circle and just rips it. Rips it home. He's always open and no team's been able to stop that. Like, like, when they play when Novechkin when they were playing Nashville, oh, it, it looked like Nashville had four blind mice on the ice. Like they didn't even know where Ovechkin was. He's just standing there, and nobody knows where he's at. So I think that's a good point because last or tonight, when the game was going on, they got two power plays. I think it was on the second power play. He was all alone at the top of the circle, and Frederick Anderson saw the puck the whole way. Saw that it was going from. Below the goal line, up to Ove- or up to the blue line, over to Ovechkin. Ovechkin was ready to rip the puck, and Anderson was right there, and he just put his glove on it, and that was it. And I think that's it, is like just knowing where the puck is going to go and having the agility just to know like where, where that puck's going to go and where you need to be, I think that just shows how much of a pro you are. And Frederick yeah. Anderson had a really, really tough time in Toronto, I think. Very tough everybody, time. Very tough time everybody, in everybody, everybody is one of those. Everybody's, oh, well, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, well, the Toronto Maple Leafs goaltending. Hold on. Well, what about the team in front of him? Whereas in Carolina, he's built that trust with that defense and those forwards where not night in and night out, he doesn't have to play and make – 60 saves a night. Whereas with the Leafs, I felt like, oh, Austin Matthews, okay, up here, and then Marner's good, and Tavares has a good a little bit of everywhere. Where's their defense? Whereas in Carolina, they're they're collective, they're moving the puck, the offense, they're moving it out of the zone. And maybe Frederick Anderson only has 30, 40 saves a game. And I think that's – that's the difference in these NHL teams. Whereas if you have a good bottom, I've heard a lot of this is this bottom six during the trade deadline. I've, I've been hearing this bottom six, bottom six and how it's so useful. And when I think about it more and more, it, it makes a lot, a lot of sense because the more that these people keep saying, Oh, well, these, this team sucks. Well, hold on, look at who they have as a core. Look at who they have as a bottom six. With their bottom six, are they able to 
not only break the puck out, move the puck, cover two on ones, back check. Well, not every team in the NHL is like that. Do you see Ovechkin back checking all the time? Do you see oh. Patrick Kane throwing a big hit? No. So you know, I think I think that's one... what makes a team in the NHL. Yeah. Is you have to be collectively in on every single thing. I think that's what makes a, a great team. Going back to Michael's statement about back checking, I remember the wash the Capitals were playing the Rangers. It was I think it was I forgot who was playing for the Rangers. They had a two on one. Ovechkin comes in slow as a turtle. You know he just let the play happen. You know he just let someone just roof it on a two on one, and he's coming in back checking. I'm like, that was probably the laziest back check I've ever seen in the league. Like, how do you let that happen? Yeah, and like the, going back to uh, Mike's point a little bit, like, like that's what that's why I think everyone like. Every year, the game just keeps getting quicker and better, and like there's more skilled players because they're thinking about one step ahead of the play, and like, like just like just hearing you like say like going into your coaching world and everything, like just like you know like you got to teach the guys to be a step ahead of the play. Like if you're even with the play, you're behind the play because the game moves so fast now. Like even exactly. from like our youth days, like the game has moved a lot quicker. And like it keeps getting better and better every year. And then when you go into the like the pros, like anywhere in the pros, like AHL, NHL, Coast, whatever, like game just keeps getting faster and faster. And everyone knows is a is either a step or a few steps ahead of the game, uh, ahead of the play. And like they know where where the shots where the shots are coming, where they should be for a breakout, like just like anything like that. I mean, perfect example. Look at Connor McDavid. Kid's got outrageous speed, and he's always one step ahead of everyone. Why do you think the guy every year has almost 100 points or more? He's just one of those guys that just keeps moving his feet and works, back checks, shoots every puck, every chance that he gets, he just crashes the net. And I think with that Oilers team, kind of going off on a little tangent here, but if that Oilers team does that and they have goaltending, they're a cup contender. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know if you guys watched a battle of Alberta the other day, but that's the best rivalry in in NHL, I think. I think the funniest was Matthew Kachuk hurt Mike Smith, and he was saying, you only made one save. You only made one save. And after that, Smith didn't make another save. And Matthew Kachuk, after he scored, I think it was the fourth or fifth goal, he looked right at Smith and said, nice save. And Smith blew up. And I think that that rivalry right there is one that we – or like us growing up, we never saw that rivalry. We never no. saw that great Oilers team. I remember the Hawks being the Oilers 10 to 4. They were terrible. Even yeah, the Flames. We're kids, the Hawks were <clears throat> shit We're always good. We're always that great team. You had Jerome and Ginla. You had, uh, who was their goalie at the time? 
Oh my gosh. Oh, am I blanking on this? No, the Flames. Uh, was David? No, not David Riddick. Uh, Mika Kiprasov. Uh, Mika Kiprasov. Mika Kiprasov. It was yeah. I mean, man was a unit, but he had no team in front of him. And I think that's what the change was in Carolina was once Daryl Sutter came in, he said, this is my team and I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it my team. Well, Daryl Sutter think, used to coach the Flames when they were back in the 04, when they had their run in 04 and they lost to Tampa. And I think in, in LA, he was one of those that was a culture changer. Oh yeah, and I think he he made that team who it was, where they're nitty gritty. They go to the front of the net and they get dirty, and it's the same thing going back to Carolina with Rob Brindamore. They're a gritty team. They move the puck. They pass the puck. They get every chance that they can, and they put it away. And I think that's like I said, that's what makes a team a team, and to win. That's what you got to do is get into the dirty areas. I mean, even from my, my first year coaching, my head coach who always told me during the playoffs, because we, we actually won the JV championship this year. And so going back to how uh, Carolina just works and how the playoffs work in general, um, those teams who make it far in the playoffs, e- even during the playoffs, um, there's no more, I'm going to dangle through three or four or five guys. It's you go to those dirty areas and you find that puck where it may be just sitting there and you just rip it. And I think that's what makes playoff hockey really, really interesting and keeps you on the edge of your seat where you just don't know what's going to happen. And I think that's the best is, there's always going to be that team that you know that goes into the dirty areas and that'll work harder than you and that'll do everything in their power to become better and better as a team. And I think Carolina's that team, and I think they're going to go far in the playoffs this year. Yeah, Stanley Cup? Oh, that's Hopefully. One. That's a good one. I mean, I mean, look at the, look at the trade deadline. Tampa got better. Florida's been a powerhouse for the past couple of years. And I think sooner rather than later, they're they're gonna start pumping out here and there. The Bruins are always that team that just is grinder, just moves their feet, goes to the areas. They got great stars as Pasternak, uh Bergeron, Marchand. McAvoy, they got a young goalie in uh, Jeremy Slayman. Swayman, yeah. And this year is hard, man. And I think it's like every year because I don't want to say that this year is the hardest because every year is hard. And I think there's there's that one team that's just going to have that much sleight of an edge that they're just going to win every battle get every chance that they can shoot the puck where as other teams will just, Oh, well, I'll make this dangle. I'll make this move where 
those can be series enders. And I think that's, that's really scary in a way where one play can ruin your whole season. And I think that was my message or our message, this whole playoffs, like for JV this year was guys be simple, make every simple play that you can. If you know, you don't have a chance, hit it deep, hit the red, get it deep and let it be. Who knows? Maybe the next chance we score. Great. But what are we going to do after that to where we know we're not going to let the other team get an advantage, get some confidence. And I think the best was, I think the funniest quote ever that I've ever gotten told was by a coach actually was a two goal lead is the worst league in hockey. Oh, yeah. Oh, it is. It is. And I thought to myself when I was younger, I said, no, the two goal lead, come on. And once I started two goals, getting older, I could, I, could, I, saw, I could sit back. I could sit back and relax exactly. a little bit. And once I started getting older and watching more NHL games, I saw, wow, these teams are coming back from 3-1 down, 4-1 down, 5-1 down. And I think the best thing is, is you can't implode. You're a team. You have to stay together. And if you stay together, you make that game 1-1 one, one when it's – or 2-1 one, one when it's 2 nothing. hey, we're back in it. You build your confidence. You, you tie that 2-2. Two, two. You make it 3-2. Hey, you win that game. But it's all about being a team and just showing who you are as a team, I think, is – it's very – how do I put it? It's very mind-blowing how you can not only make the person next to you a better player and a better teammate by just being a better person and just being a better teammate, just saying, okay, next play, we got this. Well, you get a three-on-two, okay, you pass the puck, okay, a poke check comes. Well, what are you going to do the next play? You hold on to the puck a little bit longer, Maybe make a cross-ice pass or go D to D. Hey, puck ends up on your stick, and you shoot the puck, and it goes in. Cool, that's a 3-1 game. And you go 3-2, 3 you're tied up. You have the chance to win this game. And I think that's the best in the NHL is where you never see these guys quit. They just keep moving their feet and just keep playing. It's the same thing with the Caps tonight. Cool, they lost 6-1. Did they stop playing and losing their feet? No, they just kept moving and playing the way that they've always played. Whereas they will never stop because they love to win. And that's what they're there for is to just work and win. Yeah, for, for sure. And just going back to uh, like the Wolves, like the Wolves have done that. Like they've, they work and work and work. And like there's been games where they're down 4-1 heading to the third win it five four six four and like maybe there's a fight that one of the guys sparks sparks the team like that's honestly all you need is just that one momentum shift like a big fight just maybe a bit big hit just that one simple play one get that one goal and make it four two like just like those small like details and just those small 
like little little wins just to help the team just keep moving along and just playing together as a team and like it goes a long way when you when you look at it and then you you look at the game and it's like four one four two four three then you keep getting momentum four four get that game winner five four in overtime or even scoring regulation five four and then an empty netter six four like it's gonna it's gonna do a lot for a team and like you see that with both with Carolina and the Wolves like they're both affili- they're affiliated with each other and like you see that it runs through the both organizations. But uh, who do you guys have for uh, Stanley Cup predictions? Like I know like Carolina's up there, but like who's who's uh your final your final two for battling for the Stanley Cup? Um, I'm really not sure at the moment. I can't really predict that. Um, I'm not so heavily sure on that question. Mike, what do you think? Uh, when you say that, Colorado has got to come to mind. They have built their team to where they are just their their bottom six. Just look at their bottom six. Yeah. They all work. That whole team is built off of just grit and goal scoring and Nathan McKinnon and Kel McCarr and Gabriel Landeskog and Miko Rantanen. Yeah, they have a deep lineup. That team, you you, Kadri, you got Darcy Kemper in that. And I'm pretty sure you have friends. Dar- Darcy behind Kemper him, right? has, yeah, I think so. Darcy Kemper has proved himself. I mean, since since being with Arizona, that he's a dude, he's an elite goaltender. I feel that team has it. It has the chance to win the Stanley Cup, and I think they are a Cup contender. Whereas they know that in themselves that. They're going to win that battle. They're going to take that shot. They're going to get that last poke check. They're going to block that shot. And they're just one of those teams that just doesn't stop working. And getting better. If you don't stop working, you're not going to win. As simple as that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean. Uh, I'm, I'm, so I'm, going, looking, I'm looking at the standings right now and. Guess how many losses Colorado has in 66 oh, games? Be, it's got to be less than 20, no? Is it 15? Close, Tyler. 14. 14. 46 and 14. Oh, look at that. And what's what does Carolina have right now? Carolina is at 44 and 15. See? Same thing with the Panthers. So, I mean, those teams, they just work. They have They have the personnel. But what can they do with it in the playoffs? Yeah, that that's the biggest thing is because playoff <laughs> hockey is different. Like, there's so many upsets that could happen, and it you never know what's going to happen. Like, any little thing can happen in the playoffs, and it could change an entire series. Yeah. I mean, look at the – Just Pacific like Division. Vegas Vegas and San Jose. Like, when uh, – yeah. I forgot I forgot who took that, that major high-sticking call that put – they're up five one, I think, and yeah. scored four goals in the. Oh, no, it wasn't five a high. It wasn't, 
it wasn't a high stick. Joe Pavelski yeah. got cross checked and he landed. That's what it was. That's what turned. Yeah, the, the cross. That's what turned the whole game around. And turned exactly. the whole series around too. I mean, look at you the know. Pacific Division. I think that's the that's the division that. Don't get me wrong. Every year it looks like it just gets worse and worse. But this year, I feel like, I mean, the Flames are forty and seventeen. The LA Kings, who were at the bottom of the league last year, are thirty six and twenty two. They've battled so many injuries this year, to which they've just kept working. And I think that team with Quinn Byfield in the lineup is a scary team. You got yeah. Anze Kopitar, Dustin Brown, Drew Dowdy, Oli Mata, and Jonathan Quick. You got uh, Cal Peterson, too. Cal Peterson. The kid's flow is amazing. Oh, yeah. And that team just works. The Oilers are behind him with 77 points. The Golden Knights are behind him with 76 points. They had a huge win against the Blackhawks in overtime. Not the biggest fan of that. We were up 3 nothing going into this yeah. third period. Yeah. But Vegas is one of those teams they just That's a team never that works, too. Quit. They yeah. never quit. Canucks are right behind them. Think about that. You, you trade off JT Miller. What do you do in it? What do you do after that? You just keep moving. And I think that's the other thing is we were talking about how culture changes with uh, Daryl Sutter. What about Bruce Boudreaux going from the Ducks, who was a playoff contender against the Hawks in 2013? Yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Where he got out of coaching for a little bit, went through NHL Network, was an analyst. Came back, got hired by the Vancouver Canucks, and he's been an icon in Vancouver. I think the funniest was I was watching the game the other day. It was actually the when they were playing the Calgary Flames. They beat them. Let me make sure. I think it was six to one. Now that Calgary team is a team that has 88 points and they're First in the Pacific Division. The Canucks are fifth in the Pacific Division. That shows that no no matter where you are in the standings, any team can beat you at any given time. True. Yeah. And I, I think it all comes down to like who you have as a as like obviously as the as the team like and the coach too like really fires that up because Bruce Boudreaux is he's a he's a great coach like he had his playoff playoff team in 2013 with the Ducks and a couple other years as well I believe and like he has like that playoff resume so like he knows how to get like everything out of his guys because he knows what it takes to get to like to have the the other players on the team like get up to that compete level And the funny thing is, I think, like, people think, oh, well, this team's going to be great the next year. Oh, well, the next year's going to happen. Well, look at Montreal. Montreal was a cup contender last year. They went all the way to the Stanley Cup final oh, and lost yeah. to the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
Don't get me wrong. That Tampa Bay Lightning team was a great team. Decides to go to Tampa. And that Tampa Bay Lightning team, they just work. They do their job. And they just win. And look at the Canadians this year. 47 points. I think they're dead last in the league. Dead last in the Atlantic. Canadians are not even in the playoffs. 47 points. Now you bring in a guy like Martin St. Louis as a coach. Great player. Amazing Hall of Fame player. Now I'd love to see what that team looks like in three to five years. Because I feel like with Martin St. Louis behind the bench, he's going to bring that grit, like that Rob Brandamore and that Bruce Boudreaux and that Daryl Sutter. And he's just going to do everything in his power to make that team better. And he I knows, think he knows what it takes to get to get to the next level. If you want to be a playoff team, like he's been there, he's he's obviously one of the greatest players that have played in the game in the most recent time. And like he's he's been at the playoffs, he's been at the Stanley Cup. Like he knows how he's played those big games, so he knows like everything that has to do with playing the game of hockey. And I think going back to Bruce Boudreaux. I think this was the funniest thing was right from the first game he coached in Vancouver, Bruce was one of those coaches that Canucks, that the Canucks really wanted. And they really took him in as a coach and they made this chant called Bruce Therades. And I think the funniest was during that game where they won six, one is after every goal, the whole stadium was chanting, Bruce, there it is. Bruce, there it is. And I think if you have that band base behind you and you have those people that are willing to do whatever it takes to make your team a better team, I think that's awesome. Because it not only shows who you are as an organization, but how much faith that people have in you. It's the same thing with the Seattle Kraken this year. Oh, Whippy, they got maybe 23 points this season. Sorry, 46 points this season. You can cut that out. 46 points this season. They're dead last in the Pacific Division. Yeah. But like I said, give that team three to five years. They have young kids. Yanni Gord is one of those guys who will just not stop working. He was a Tampa Bay. He was a part of the Tampa Bay Lightning during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Played with Braden Point. Played with Steven Stamkos, even though he's been hurt. I know. Victor Hedman. Eric Chernick. He's just one of those guys that you want to build a team around. And I think that Seattle Kraken team, even though they aren't that Vegas Cinderella first Stanley Cup run year in their inauguration inaugural year, they're going to get there. And they're just going to be one of those teams that just works their tail off. They're, they're going to be the, the underdog story in the next few years. But uh, Ty- Tyler, who do you think is going to Stanley Cup, if you had to predict? Yeah, I think Mike was talking about them a little bit. 
I'm not going to pick them to win, but I think you you have to talk about the Lightning, even though they're not one like the best teams, like the Avalanche went out, just because they have won two in a row and they're so experienced and whatnot in the playoffs. But with that being said, the fact they won back-to-back is amazing because you don't see that pretty much anymore in any sport. I don't think they're going to win three in a three in a row. Um, man, that's that's tough because there's so many teams that are like on the uprise. You don't know who's going to take that next step. Um, I will say though, I don't, I don't think they'll go to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I'm going to pull really hard for the Minnesota Wild to go there so that the Blackhawks get that first round pick they deserve for Flurry. Um, because that was a I, BS, think Minnesota, I, I think Minnesota trade by the Hawks. Good, I think Minnesota <laughs> might have a chance in the playoffs. Like they're on, like you got you basically got Kaprizov and one other guy that are just tearing it up for Minnesota. Like Jesus Christ. What What are your guys' yeah. thoughts on uh that flurry flurry going uh Minnesota trade? Stupid trade. Stupid. Ridiculous. The Hawks right, are trying to do like a rebuild. I'm one of those uh, rebuild, rebuild my ass. That's a joke. What are you talking about a rebuild here? Trading flurries a rebuild? They kick him out of Vegas. Sorry to interrupt you, Mike. They kick him out of Vegas for some stupid reason. The Hawks pick him up. And then they talking about trading him to Washington, Boston, or Minnesota. And then they ship him off to Minnesota. For a rebuild, ridiculous and a shitty pick. Stupid. Yeah, I don't care. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm like, I don't care, you know, how old he is and whatnot. The guy has been proven for how long, and all you can get was a conditional second. Like, it's not even an official first round pick. Like, this guy's been in how many Stanley Cups? He's won how many of them? And all you can get is a, a conditional second. Like, terrible. Just. Terrible. I, I have to, I have to agree with Tyler. That That's a disgrace. A conditional first round, whatever pick. You know, the Hawks can take that. The Hawks should just take that conditional round pick and wipe their ass with it because they made the stupidest the trade. Thing. The stupidest trade that they could have ever done was get rid of Flurry. Now you're getting some other goaltender that's like, oh, you bring Colin Delia back from the minors to get rid of Flurry. Absolutely disgraceful. Fucking disgraceful. They can just, the Hawks can just take the, wipe their ass with that unconditional pick. Disgrace. Yeah, joke. I think I think I know I think I know how I feel though about uh, the Kyle Davidson move to GM because I did not like how they just went away and, and hired uh, Colleton to be the head coach. They did the same thing with the new GM. It's like, okay, I know you hired people, but like, did you really just do that to make like, oh, we're going on a thorough search? No, you just didn't. You just want to keep the same guy, and so you can suck. Oh, for Jeremy, Jeremy, Col- Jeremy Colton was a disgrace. He was a joke. Oh God. Oh, he God. couldn't even coach the Blackhawks for shit, you know. He's trying to say, oh, yeah, yeah, we're losing all these games and you're not doing nothing about it. The problem with it is the players are not proving themselves and the coach is not doing anything to do about it. Getting rid of Quinville, I think, was the worst thing they could have ever done. You know, Joe Quinville was to help them win three Stanley Cups in how many fucking five, six years? Like, how, how the how, – like, you bring in a guy like Jeremy Colton that's got, like, no experience. He comes from the minors. You do the same thing like Derek King. Darren King, a little bit better than Jeremy Colton, but I, I feel like Jeremy Colton was, like, a deer in headlights when he was coaching. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, some of his coaching styles were just terrible. Like, some of the things that he did. Like, how do we lose to, like, a shit team? I, I really don't get it. Yo, Jack, would you mind if I – 
I'm sorry, I was getting off track with my pick. I I have no idea. Honestly, I'm going to go on a wild guess. I, I felt like they should have won the last few years, but they've played horrible. Mike was talking about them earlier. I'm going to go with the Flames because I feel like they've had such a talented roster. And Mike was talking a lot about Daryl Sutter. Um, I mean, like I said, growing up as a Blackhawks fan in those cup years, dynasties and whatnot, the Kings were like the next best team. They were going head-to-head all those years in the playoffs, and Daryl Sutter was yeah. the guy at the helm for that. And so, yeah, he's he's older and whatnot, but I just feel like with that kind of that kind of roster, you have to have experience. And with a lot of these teams, like kind of on the uprise, a guy like him who's had a lot of cup-winning experience about a decade ago, that can make a difference. But I think it's extremely up in the air. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you guys there and just and yeah, like just going off like the going back to like the flurry thing a little bit here. Yeah, like I'm I'm with you guys. Like a conditional second round pick that could change into a first round pick. Like it's not nothing's guaranteed. Like what if they get bounced first round? Like we get a second round pick. Like I don't think we have a lot of first I don't think we have any first round picks this year coming up. So I like, don't so it's like you're losing you're losing guys from the draft just because of that. And you're hoping that Flurry in the wild, which I hope they do make it to the second round to get that conditional first round pick. But Flurry is worth a lot more than just a conditional first or second round pick. Like, like I think that I think it was, I did not like the trade. I was, I was pretty upset when I, when I heard about it because Flurry with, with his accolades and everything like Stanley cups, Vesna trophy winners, like it's just stuff like that. Like that's not worth a second round pick. It's worth a heck of a lot more. And he's played well this year with the Hawks too. Like, didn't he just have like a 40 something save game like the other week? I forgot. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was, that was right before the trade deadline. Yeah. And it was funny because during the post game show, they said those teams that need a goalie should be watching this game. And Minnesota was watching. Didn't they play Minnesota the game before, too? Yeah. Yeah. And the funniest thing is, I think the funniest thing from the trade deadline, and I'll go back to – or should I talk about Flurry for – I'll talk about the Flurry trade first, and then I'll go back to – Hey, Jack, I got some stories before we – before we – I got some stories for you that I just came into mind before, like probably halfway before the podcast is over. All right, sounds good. Yeah, turn up the heat up a little bit, get people laughing. (laughs) This goes back to the uh, the trade from Vegas to Chicago. And Flurry was one of those guys that was a face that franchise in Vegas. Everybody know who knew he, who he was. And he got them all the way to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I think Vegas really did him wrong in the way he left Vegas. Robin Leonard came in. Now, don't get me wrong. Robin Leonard is a great goaltender. But I don't think he's as good as Marc-Andre Fleury. So once we got him, I was very excited. I thought, this is going to be a great year. We're going to go far this year in the playoffs. We got Seth Jones on an eight-year deal. We're going to keep moving. We finally have somewhat of a defense And during the year, we just let him out to dry. 
I mean, he was one of those guys that just, he had nobody in front of him. He's a Hall of Fame goaltender, too. He, he's one of those people that, like, you'd love to have in the locker room, but you got to have a team in front of him. And I think that's why he picked Minnesota. You got Kaprizov, you got Matt Dumba, you got Tyson Jost, you got Delorier. Now, for to be a tough guy on your fourth line. And I think that's why he made the change where he was like, I want to actually make another run. And I think he saw it with the Wild because if he were still with the Hawks, where would he be? Not in the playoffs. And I think once Flurry came to Chicago, I was one of those guys, like I said, I got my jersey. I put Flurry on the back. I was so excited. I'm in the stands. I'm Flurry, Flurry. And once and that kind of trade came out. Chant, or, and we got our friend group chant going while he's wearing the jersey. That was hilarious. Yeah. Once, once that chant kind of went away and that trade came, it kind of hit me a little hard. Where I was like, why Minnesota? Why not go back to Pittsburgh? Why not go back to Vegas or why not stay with the Hawks? And I thought about it for a while and it just made sense where he saw an opportunity and he's going to run with it. And I think that team can go really far in the playoffs because again, I'm going to talk about that bottom six. They're just people who just work their ass off. Jordan Greenway, perfect example. Big body, goes to the front of the net, goes to the dirty areas, and buries pucks. Marcus Foligno, another one. Very big guy, moves his feet, gets a lot of scoring chances. Joel Eriksson-Sinek, another big man. That's a whole big line right there. Greenway, Joel Erickson and Marcus Foligno. And they're just guys that just move their feet and work hard. That's their third line. Their fourth line. Tyson Jost, who they picked up from the Colorado Avalanche this year from the trade deadline. Nicholas Delorier, one who will fight for his brothers and his teammates till the day he dies. And Brandon Dunheim. Now, their defense in the past couple of years have kind of been shaky. Same thing with their goaltending. It's kind of been shaky. They got Cam Talbot. He's been playing all right. You don't know what to do after this because you got Caspo Kakinen. Yeah. Who hasn't really been playing that great. So you bring in a guy like Flurry. I'm guessing he's going to be your number one, but yet they're still playing Cam Talbot here and there. But then you look at their defense. Matthew Dumba, Jacob Middleton, 
Jaden Spurgeon, who has a C on his left on his uh, jersey now. Jonas Brodine, Alex Goligoski, who's been with the uh, Coyotes for yeah a, a long lot. time now, and Dmitry Kulikov. They have a lot of depth, and they're just one of those teams that are just gonna out work you no matter who you are as a team you better bring your a game because if not you're gonna be out of the playoffs in the first round yeah absolutely like i think that's what a lot like if you have a good team like the bottom six is the like like you obviously gotta have a lot of depth like on both ends of the ice and even even in the in your system as well but like if you have a good bottom six, like a good solid like defensive core and everything, like you're you're going to have a lot of success and win some games because like for the teams that you don't see that are going that far, like winning a lot of games, like they have a lot, they're like top four or their bottom four is a lot weaker than maybe like their top two. And like it just goes down from there. And then when you put it up put like like the avalanche together against like the crack and like you will you will get exposed because of like their top six and bottom six and and you will you will notice a difference right right from there if if you got a strong team or you got a weaker team and I think going back to the flames with Daryl Sutter I think it's really how he kind of made it his team it brings over Melon Lucic who played for the Kings while he was there, went to the Oilers in a trade and came to Calgary. You bring over a guy like Tyler Toffoli, a guy, a guy who just works. He's a goal scorer. He was a goal scorer for Montreal in those Stanley Cup playoffs. Where he was also a player for Daryl Sutter in L.A. Went oh, from was LA, Trevor Lewis. Went from L.A. to Vancouver, Vancouver to LA? No. Montreal. Montreal. I'm sorry. My bad. He went from LA to Vancouver, Vancouver to Montreal, Montreal to the Flames. So he's moved around a lot, but he's never changed his game. He's always been the same person and the same player because he's true to himself, because he knows I'm going to get these chances. I'm going to be on a team that is going to use me. And I think the the funniest thing was um, going back to, well, we'll talk about the Flames right now. Even with Matthew Kachuk, young kid, but man, the kid works his butt off. And he will do anything for his teammates, no matter what it is, no matter how hard it is, he's going to do the work. And I think going back to Carolina, they brought in a guy like Max Domi where He's not that goal scorer. He was with the Arizona Coyotes, with Duclair. It was supposed to be a great, great team, and just fell through. He goes to Columbus with John Tortorella. Kind of shaky here and there. Plays good, bad, good, bad. It's traded Carolina. 
tonight, I think he had a fabulous game. He played outstanding. The way that he plays, it reminds me of how I used to play. Nitty gritty, go to the dirty areas and do whatever you can do to help your team win. And I think, again, that's what makes a team a team. Yeah, and, like, just going to the dirty areas, like you said, like, agitate the other team because if you agitate them, they're going to take maybe a dumb penalty. And then if you're – and then strike on the power play, like, that's, like, what guys – what those guys do when you're just going to dirty areas because, like, I played like that when I I was a forward. Like, I'd always go to the dirty areas, go right in front of the net, stand, screen the goalie, just do whatever I can to – be in that area and just like just work because that's all you do in that area when you're playing that game it's just working and just trying to do whatever you can to help your team win some games and then going back I forgot that I didn't give a Stanley Cup prediction here so uh, I say uh, I I think the Hurricanes are going to be one of the teams to be in the finals and then uh, I'll probably go like Avalanche Avalanche or the Panthers, maybe, because, uh, like, the Panthers are, like, the past, what, like, three, four years, like, they've been a solid team, and, like, they're only getting better with, like, their, how their trade, how their offseason is, and, like, what they do in free agency, and, like, their goaltending has gotten a lot better than it has in the past years, so, and you got a young guy, Spencer Knight, coming in, too, like, I know he's up and down right now, but, in the, in a few years, that guy's gonna be nasty, and he's gonna be he's gonna be a top goaltender in the league for sure. I mean, it's the same thing looking at Boston right now. You got Allmark and Slayman. Swayman. Swayman. Swayman's one of those guys who came right out of Boston University, if I if I'm not mistaken. Maine University, of Maine. Maine, Maine University, Maine. And he's just one of those young guys that. When you need to stop, he's going to be there. And when you need a boost or you, you're you tired, you know you need to get off the ice, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be like, I'm on your side. I'm on your team. I'm going to help you win this game. And I think the funniest is Allmark and Swayman have this tradition at their I, I was going to bring it up. I was the, the hug. Where – they do this and then, oh, hug. And I think that's what shows what it's like to be on a team. And I think with Boston, with Tuka Rask retiring, it was kind of hard for the fans where they're like, Tuka was our guy. We really don't know what Allmark is like. We, we grew up from- watching Tuka the, exactly. the last 15 years, whatever. Exactly. We don't know what Allmark's like because he came from Buffalo, a struggling place to play. And you bring in this young kid behind him and the Bruins fans are like, hold on a second. We just got rid of Tory Krug. We still have our guys, but we get rid of Chara. And who are these guys in goal? Are they going to help us? We don't. Is struggling and young kid. Which one do you pick? Which one do you go with? 
And I think they've done a very good job. Allmark has been outstanding this year in the way that he's been playing. Same thing with Swayman. Very, very determined. Very, very uh, always ready to play. Always to make the right save, right decision. And just being a part of the team. All right. So, yeah, that brings me to my next point. Like, who do you start in the playoffs at your Boston? Linus Allmark or Jeremy Swayman? Because they're both they both have respectful numbers. And, like, you can tell that either either goaltender you go, like, they're going to have the support for the other guy no matter what. It, that's, that's a really good question because, I mean – Swayman's very, very young, but I think he's a very, very mature goalie in the league. Whereas Allmark doesn't have that playoff experience either, but he's played very good this season. But throughout his career, he really hasn't been the guy you can go to. So if I were Boston, I'd go Swain. He's not only young, he's one of those guys that just does everything right. And I think what's, and I say this because I look at Spencer Knight. I think it was last year in the playoffs where he played. He was very composed, very. A lot of these young goaltenders are a lot more mature they're, than they're you They're very would think. mature, exactly, because they've not only played in the minors for so long, they've gotten called up to where they know, okay, I can, there may be five minutes where I won't get a shot. What about the next five minutes? I make 15 saves. And I think that's the hardest for a goaltender is knowing that line. At any point in time, you may only get five shots in a period. Well, what are you going to do the next period when they shoot 15 at you? You just got to have that mental aspect of, I'm going to save every puck that's going to come towards me. And I think Swayman's got that. Yeah, I, I 100% agree, agree with you there. Like, like Allmark, he's a fantastic goalie now that he's in he's in Boston. Like Buffalo, you've seen him you've seen him struggle and like he was up in the minors a little bit and then or he was down the minors and he'd call back up and it'd be a like an ongoing cycle. But then you bring in Jeremy Swayman from University of Maine and he's competed at like the top level. Like he's been in the the national tournament over there and like so he has that experience. Like obviously is different than like NHL playoffs and all that, but like he has that what it takes to get like to boost his game up even more. Cause in any playoff postseason action in hockey, it goes up another level and like you have to be able to match that energy. And like I believe like Swayman's like that guy that like you said, he's mature. And like you see a lot of like the goalies, the younger goalies like become more mature and like they're like Spencer Knight, like they're all – these are guys that are coming from the minors or college, and they're 24, 25, 26, and then they come in and you see them light up the league. 
already and they're only they're only rookies in in year one or year two of the NHL so I think swimming definitely has that like upper hand on on Olmar but if I was Boston I'd be confident with any of those guys in front but uh to end this to end this thing off Joe uh you got some stories you want to tell right I do going to my uh, so there's a bunch of stories with the college hockey and stuff like that. Um, so going to a couple stories, we were playing. We were playing. We, we, we were all playing, we all uh, need a we all need a laugh here for the last last uh, however minutes we go for this for this episode. So to bring everything you got. So we were playing Wisconsin Platteville. Uh, it was a game we had and. You know, we weren't – it didn't come – the game didn't turn out the way we wanted it in the first game, but the second game, we came out hard, lost. So a bunch of our t- other teammates that were watching, they were there. And then we were playing. So we were watching – we were playing with Platteville. You know, we're down um, – we were going, it was going into the second, we were going into the second period. We were down in the first period, probably about like, it was, oh, it was probably, we were down like five to three. And then we go into the locker room for intermission. Coaches come in, they talk. And a bunch of the other guys that were supporting us, that were playing, weren't playing, were there. I, I go sit down. I get back in the locker. I'm so fucking frustrated. I'm like, we're, and then I was, we were playing against a guy that I knew. Uh, his name's Matt Hobner. We were playing him, you know, kid that I respected throughout my career as well. Um, so we come back, we come back in the locker room, coach talks, a bunch of other guys come in. I'm sitting down. I take my gear off, a little frustrated, looking down at the ground. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? All of a sudden, a legendary guy, Sam Weiss, comes in. He sits next to me. He's like, "Jumbo, what's going on? I don't see you do. I don't see you turning it up. Nothing." He's like, "He's like, if you you're don't go out like there, shit. yeah." He's like, "You're playing." He's like, "You're not fucking doing. You're not playing." He's like, and then this is a true story. He's like, "He's like, you better go out there in the second period and put up fucking two goals." And if I don't do that? see that, I'm gonna be in him. <laughs> and if I don't see that, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. So I go out there. I'm like, okay. Joe's and then I go out there. Point. I go out there. So we're on, I think we were on a power play. It was a power play or something. And my, I, I give a pass up to my defenseman up the boards. He rings it. It goes wide. The goalie slides over to the other side thinking he's over there. But I kind of tricked him and just tuck it in from behind from the other side and Put one in the net, get us back about down six four six. What did I six four now? Uh, two minutes later, another guy scores for us. Then, if I remember this correctly, and then now about five or eight minutes later, a play happens in front of the penalty box. The puck exit. The puck trickles out to me in the middle, and I kind of come wide. I come wide and I just wristed five hole. So I kind of made a, I kind of made the, kind of made that gesture pay off. So 
It's actually a true story, though, that he actually came up to me in the locker room and said that. We, we, we love to see that, though. You you get told, go out there, score two goals, and the next thing you know, you get two goals. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's all, he's all, he's a, Sam Weiss, he's a beauty. Um, he was also a true icon for Aurora, so, Aurora hockey, so. So, it hit, hits home. Yeah. And then we had a bunch of, uh, then another story is we were playing, we were playing ISU, Illinois State University. You know, you had a bunch of guys that I knew on the team. Yeah. You had a bunch of legendary names on the team. You had, um, oh, fuck. You had a bunch of guys' names. You had, uh, for Illinois State, you had Billy Carroll. You had uh, Nico Castino, Anthony Carcerano. You had Trevor Bennett, Michael McKellen, uh, Connor Tolley, Connor Tolley, Nate Riddick. Um, uh, who else am I missing? Um, basically, those names are the guys I knew. A bunch of guys I've respected throughout my career. And then you had a bunch of guys, a bunch of legends on our our team, the legendary names on Aurora, myself, Sam Weiss, Tyler Hines, um, Joe Ackley, Tyler Sheen Weiss, Joe Costello, Jack Camillo, Matt Fudala, um, Skylar Cord, Brendan Burtart, Isaac Arroyo, a bunch of legendary names on our team. You know, it was a game for the ages. You know, guys I respected throughout my career. And it was just a game for the ages, you know, you had a bunch, another, it was a great game, you know? And then another story is we were playing, we were playing Illinois state. We're in the third period. The refs, the refs calling a shitty game. Both teams are not having it with the calls and shit like that. Yeah. So the game's not going well. The refs are making stupid calls. You know, a bunch of calls that are missed, offsides, icing, uh, interference, stuff like that. So the ref, it's about like three, two or three minutes left in the game. The ref makes a shitty call. And then I'm skating up to the face. We're skating towards the faceoff circle. A, legend, a guy, a legend, Connor Tolley comes up to me. He's like, this fucking ref does not know what the fuck he's doing. He's blowing, calling a shitty game. I'm like, I look at Tolly. I'm like, this is a fucking disaster. You know, like, I, I think this guy's out to lunch. And Tyler, Connor Tolly goes, yeah, I agree. True story, by the way. Wait, well, what was the ref out to lunch that day? I believe so, because he knew what was going on, so. Did, did, you, did you win those games, or were they just absolute shit shows? Oh, it was an absolute shit show. Cool. You know, and a bunch of – a couple other legends I forgot to mention was uh, um, we had uh, great players, like, my throughout my career since I've been at AU, we also had great players like Andres Lindgren, uh, Buzz, um, Zach Taikaki, you know, guys like them who are all leaders, and they all lead all by example, you know guys throughout my career that I played there yeah they they all they all make the boys buzz a little a little bit more yeah yeah any any more stories you got for us no it's just funny those two funny stories you know with uh and then um what was another story yeah they basically there's much of the story 
any, anyone else you know, and, then we, and then for and then for d3 we have a bunch of legends on d3 we have tony Franchella, we had uh jonah hart brandon rule brandon alicia a bunch of d3 guys that were like they led by example to help out the d3 team guys like them you know we also had we had a bunch of great goalies too this year we had uh uh, good legendary names. We had Joe Ackley and who played well for us. Skylar Cordero played good. Uh, Carol played well. And then we had Alex Lee, Griff, Joe Augustine, just a bunch of great goalies we had this year. Bunch of legends. But uh, yeah. I want to cap, cap this episode off with uh, the time I almost got kicked out of the game five minutes in as a goalie. But if, if any of you guys – if you any of you guys got any more stories that you want to share before that, uh, let me know. But does anyone have any any more stories? Yeah. So actually, talking about uh, young goaltenders, uh, we were talking about Thatcher Demko earlier, and how he actually got robbed. And I actually found this article uh, at gunpoint on this. I found this article by uh, Canucks Army, and it says, uh, and I quote from Thatcher Demko. Uh, dude, I got robbed at gunpoint in my own crib. It was actually after the gold medal game of the World Juniors. I think it was the year that the U.S. beat Canada in a shootout. I was living with Jordan Subban at the time, and Subi had gone to bed around 10.30 or 11 o'clock or whatever. So I was a couple hours behind him. I was just dozing off, and the back door of our house didn't lock. So I heard the back door open, and I was like, you know, Subi's probably just back there doing whatever. I'm like, what is he doing? He's trying to fall asleep and he hears wet shoes on the floor. He's like, that's weird. Maybe Subi's getting something from outside. So I called him and he said he could hear him from his room across the hall, but he could also hear noises in the living room. He goes, I don't know. You always hear some things in the house here and there, boxes falling and stuff. Ghosts. And he just, goes, just ghosts, no big deal. I was rattled. He goes, he, a robber, not only he was rattled, he only ended up taking the Xbox, but I followed him into the snow and I was still in my boxers and I put my hand on him and was like, Hey man, if you just give us the stuff back, I won't call the cops. No harm, no foul. He kind of switched his stuff around in his other arm and he pulled a gun on him. And Demko goes, hey, man, like, go ahead. I, I, won't, I don't want no trouble. So he got in his, car, uh, in his car, started driving. I ran inside, grabbed my phone, and chased after him. Took a couple pictures of the license plate to help the cops. Once he showed the cops, they found the guy in 10 minutes. So he ended up going to the police station uh, and had a game the next day. This is the funniest. Wow. He remembers calling Greener, Travis Green, their old coach. Uh, at the time at like four in the morning he's like hey man I just got robbed I'm at the police station uh I just want to let you know what does Greener say to him you're sorry tomorrow all right I'll see you at morning skate and he goes really he goes it was a wild experience but I got lucky he goes I mean, it's a kind of stupid chasing after him in hindsight, but you know, you always watch these movies and you're like, if I ever got robbed, I just beat the hell out of that guy. When it actually happened, it's kind of like, I froze. 
And I think I'd be the same way. It's like, you just freeze. I mean, like the gun gets pulled on you. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're, you're there by yourself. So I think that was a really cool story. And uh, I think the funniest of Green Room is like, oh, yeah, see, see you at morning practice. See you at morning practice. More, Guys uh, in the police uh, station have almost got shot. And you're, oh, yeah, see you in morning practice. That's wild. Type of, that's the type of breed that you need, though, in the NHL. That, that's crazy. You never know what's in the world, so you just got to be safe out there. Got it. But uh, to cap things off with this episode, I'll tell my uh, story that when I almost got kicked from the game five minutes in. All right, so I was like, we're playing, we're playing the, actually we played the team that we beat yesterday. The, like maybe it was like, it was probably like three months ago. Like they're, they're called like the Shamrocks or something like that. So like me and this one guy, like we always go at it, like, like he's a he's a big guy, like he'll be in front of the net. So like I, I can respect that because you're just trying to impede my vision a little bit. So like he's tall, he's a tall guy, like probably like six five, six six, honestly. And I'm over here like five ten, five eleven. So obviously I'm trying to do everything I can in my power to move him away from the front of the crease. So I'm I'm doing that. Give him a little hack between or between like the by like the ankles, like but where the like heel of the skate and like your shin guards like don't meet like I'll like poke a little bit there slap maybe give him a little couple hacks and like the back of the legs where the shin guards don't, cool don't go yeah and then uh he uh, he's he's still there so I give him a couple shots in the back with my blocker just to get him out of the way so I can see the puck because that I gotta stop the puck and I'm not how am I gonna stop if I can't see it and like I'm doing everything I can to fight through the screen and everything. So I give this guy another shot. He turns around, slashes me. I give him a blocker shot again in the back, turns turns around again, slash or cross checks me across the chest. And then uh then I think I like no wait, then like there's a weird play that happened in front of the net, and he gets a tap in. A tap in top of the crease goal. And he he turns around, looks back, looks looks back at me, look back at me, and says, "You suck, goalie." I'm like, "Buddy, you just scored a tap in on a play that probably should never have happened, and it was just lucky that you were standing there." So he he taps it in, says, "You suck." So I get up, I chase this guy. He's he's celebrating with his team. I chase this guy down, and like I give him like a glove and a blocker combo. And then uh, the ref gets in the way. And as the ref gets in the way, he throws me a, a cheap elbow. Like he'll, he literally leaned forward, threw an elbow at, my, at me and landed me, landed in at my head. It's like the, it was just like, it wasn't like anything big. It was just like those like side swipes. It was like, I literally went like that. And like his elbow just went right past my mask, but like made contact. And the ref was like, I don't want to kick you out of this game five minutes in. If you do this one more time, you're out. And I'm like, buddy, like we we have history with this with this guy and with this team. And like we spend every single game, like either like he hacks me or like I'll hack him because I'm trying to see the puck. Like he speared me the game before multiple times, actually. And I'm like, I'm like, buddy, like, and the ref was on his side and not mine. I'm like, I'm like, you don't have to be on my side, but like, 
at least respect like both sides because it wasn't just me that started like he also like slashed me and then chirped me for getting a for getting a like a tap in like if you beat me clean sure you say what you want but a tap in really you're gonna say you suck like my like a grandma could have done that could have hit that in like it's nothing special and again that that was that and they're going to top it off with my last comment yeah but I just hope the boys are ready to be back next year to battle it out, and we'll have a great, have some great leadership coming in with a uh, big young gun, Justin Leboeuf, Leboeuf, you know, a legendary guy that's going to help us, you know, hope he leads by example next year for all of us. So, it's a great guy, you know. I bet he'll bring a lot of leadership into Aurora for our team next year, and we'll see how it goes. Have a lot of confidence yeah. in the guy, legendary guy, love him. Oh yeah, absolutely. I just hope everything goes well next year. So just hope the boys are ready to come to play next year and ready to battle. Absolutely, but uh, all you boys are legends, Joey. Good luck next season with Aurora, Mike. Good Thank luck you. coaching uh, next season and whenever, whenever you get out there again, uh, Tyler. Good luck with everything. I know we'll be back soon and and hanging out and everything, but just. You guys are all beauties, all legends. But uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, boys, for joining the show. And this is one one hell of an episode. Yep. Thank you. It Appreciate was. it. Appreciate you having me on, man. Yep. Oh, yeah. Nice yeah, meeting absolutely. you guys. Yeah. Nice meeting you too. as well.